This is the Breathe Again podcast by Ade Chakol. Learn about life, love, family, culture, and spirituality, all from a traditional, divine, and feminine perspective. Welcome to our safe space where we become our highest selves. Hello, hello, beloved. So happy that you're here. So happy to be here with you and um, excited about today's um, episode. I actually did this episode a while back with Teddy and um, it's been it's been a crazy busy last couple of weeks and didn't get the chance to um, post this podcast for you all and I'm just glad that I'm finally able to. Um, it was such a wonderful conversation that we had. And I hope that we continue to have uh, with Teddy and with um, you, you, my listeners, uh, because this is uh, something very deep for us. And we normally don't talk about shadow work, um, at least you know, in um, my circle, the people that I know, we don't really talk about shadow work in relation to men. So uh, I'm so glad and honored that Teddy was willing and open to have this conversation with me. Um, so this is, a, like I said, this is our second episode that we're doing. But I would like to just, you know, touch base with you about who Teddy is. He's a highly accomplished IT project manager and a business consultant with an MBA from Johns Hopkins University. Teddy learned firsthand of the severe hardships faced by the vast majority of Americans by witnessing his own parents struggle to provide for their children, experiencing his own hardships trying to climb the corporate ladder, only to end up enduring two and a half years of homelessness. So after climbing out of poverty, Teddy is determined to speak for the voiceless and stand up for the marginalized and disenfranchised poor, working and middle class by becoming the lone representative in D.C., who is not bought and paid for by the corporate class and the global oligarchy. Teddy's aim is to move America beyond division and antipathy and towards love and unity so we can defend our common interests and champion empathy above and our community. You can find out more about Teddy and his congressional campaign at www.figurate4va.com. So without further ado, I'm just so excited to share this episode with you. and, you know, let it sit in your hearts as we have, as you listen through this podcast, think about, you know, the men in your lives, the, you know, fathers, grandfathers, fathers, brothers, uncles, friends, husbands, um, and think about how, how open they are, you know, in their emotions in their own shadows, in their traumas? Do we have 
the space for them to feel comfortable um, in sharing without making them feel any less, without making them feel weak and as if they're not in their masculine. Because unfortunately, that's what society has uh, been teaching men since childhood is to, you know, be strong, right? Not to show emotions, any sign of uh, vulnerability is a sign of weakness. So I like to, I like to, you know, have conversations for men to open up and see how not true that is, how how attractive and how um, strong a man looks when he is open, when he stands in his masculine and when he shares um, his trauma, not just to share, but, you know, with the intention to heal himself and others, with the intention to let go of, um, you know, thoughts and conditionings and programmings that no longer serve us, not only individually, but also as a collective. Some things we just need to let go of because they simply don't work. And one of those things is not being open and not being able to share our deepest wounds, our deepest traumas. Um, because when they stay there, it doesn't mean that they sit in silence. They affect our thoughts, our actions, and thus affect our lives affect our relationships, affect our work, our finances, um, just our life in general and how we parent. And it moves on as a ripple effect. The people who we hurt because we haven't healed ourselves, hurt people hurt people sometimes. And so the ripple continues until we take that responsibility and open up to the people who matter to us, um, the people who we trust, to with the intention to resolve, with the intention to heal. Um, you know, I'm not saying we should just open up and share. I mean, if that's what you want to do, by all means. But at least open up and share with the intention to heal and to move on so that we can all move on with our lives. Without further ado, here's Teddy. All right, everybody. We are back again. I'm back again with Teddy. And so we, we promised we wanted to do a second, uh, a second podcast because the first one was so beautiful, so, um, so much wisdom shared and I'm so glad and honored, Teddy, that you're back in the podcast. And welcome. Thank you, Ade. It was really uh, what that conversation was. Uh, a lot of people reached out to me and told me how uh, awesome it was because you know we 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 kind of live in a time where there's so much focus on what differentiates us. But when you actually peel back the layers, you realize uh, most of us 
if not almost all of us, are, are going through the struggle of of kind of uncovering um, and and healing from within. And so uh, that that was a beautiful conversation. So I'm kind of looking forward to this conversation because I think uh, there were areas that I kind of touched upon, but I didn't really go into into, into depth. And so I would look forward to kind of doing that and exploring uh, the, the the you know the conversation of healing it on, on a more intimate level. Absolutely. Yes. You know, again, healing goes really deep. There are so many layers, deep, deep layers. And um, yes, we barely touched the surface last time. So I wanted, um, actually, we both talked about this and we wanted to dive in a little bit deeper into shadow work. And uh, I, you know, I normally work with women and um, shadow work has been one of the things that I really focus on because um, it's it's really important. It's really crucial in our growth, in personally, emotionally, or spiritually, in all areas. Um, we must we must face our shadows. We must um, bring them up to the surface, and most importantly, we must integrate with them. And um, I've seen a lot of. Um, you know, progress, growth, involvement in the women. I work with the women in my community. Um, but, you know, I I know that men also deserve this work. <laughs> men also deserve to, um, to hear this and to embody it and uh, heal from it. So that's why we're here. That's why we um, are going to talk about shadow work and how it relates uh, specifically to men, um, and and yeah, Teddy, what um, I'll open up with you. Sure. Yeah, I mean the shadow work. Is so I, there's something that you posted that actually grabbed my attention. I think that kind of became the, the precursor of this because the minute that I saw you talk about shadow work, it kind of hit home immediately. Right, um, the shadow is something that we. Uh, we don't necessarily acknowledge, right? It's, it's literally, it's, it's in the shadows. So we don't even uh, pay attention to what's following us, right? And, and the shadow, as much as you try to shake it, it's there. And never, only time that the shadow leaves is at nighttime, but even then it's there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, the shadow work is, is, is the, the inner child uh, that was heard a long time ago. For, the more that I talk to people, uh, especially these days, because I'm out on the campaign trail a lot. Uh, w- one thing I realized is that, you know, there's a, a, a universal language to humanity. It's pain. The one thing that unites all of us, and it doesn't matter from prince to pauper and all in between, uh, all these divisions in society and, and the humanity writ large. One thing, even the, 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 the Bezos and Gates cannot escape is pain. Um, and a lot of the, the for in a lot of instances, this pain, the original pain, happened a long time ago when we were kids. Uh, you know, I I know that the sources of trauma for people might be different, but trauma is is almost universal. It's just you know, some people might say, well, my trauma as a child was you know uh, my parents' divorce. That's traumatic. You know, uh, another person could say, well, at least you knew your parents, but I didn't even have, I was uh, you know giving up. Uh, I don't even know who my parents were. That's that's traumatic too. And then a, another person could say, "Well, my dad didn't buy me a, a Mercedes when I was 16." Right? You can't compare these pains. 
because to each person, a pain is a pain, you know? Um, and so, you know, the same way that if you have a broken leg and somebody tells you, I know a wheelchair that does, that's paralyzed cannot tell you, well, your pain does not matter. Pain is only relative to what, you, what we know. Um, so in this way, all of us have that shadow that, that lurks within us. Uh, the, 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 the original pain that we never really uh, paid attention to. Uh, the neglect uh, that, that led to that. You know, whether that neglect was outright abuse and being abandoned or just, you know, to each, to each his own. But whatever it is, everyone kind of kind of has that original pain. So in life, we go through our, through our life not really paying attention to that shadow. Uh, and that pain informs us. You know, uh, some people, uh, there, there's a, almost a, a bifurcation of humanity in this way. Some people, when they get hurt, uh, what that informs them is, oh, I will never let that happen to me again. And they will throw everyone under the bus in order to save themselves. You know, I guess you could look at that and say that's a form of narcissism. Uh, and then other people say, well, I'm going to, uh, I will never let this happen to anyone else. And they, they hurt, you know, they will hurt themselves in order to save other people. And I guess you could call that empaths. But really, if you look at it, they're both the same thing. There's no virtue in, in, in helping people at the cost of hurting yourself. Mm. And that's a painful lesson that I'm learning now. <laughs> After years, I'm doing that. And like I said, it's not a virtue to sit up here and hurt yourself to help other people. Uh, even, uh, you know, yes, who said, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, they did not say, love your neighbor above yourself. But when you when that over and people that overtake, same thing. It's just inverted narcissism in this way almost. Um, so whether you hurt other people or, or hurt yourself, it's, uh, it's, it's almost the same source, which is pain, the pain that, uh, that taught you a long time ago to either give too much as if validation seeking uh, and, and acceptance through uh, overgiving or t- to take because <laughs> you, you, you learned the, the, the wrong lesson. And, and both sides of the equation, there's a wrong lesson uh, that was learned, uh, which is to either seek validation uh, by, you know, by uh, you, you know, giving too much of yourself at the cost of taking from you or the other way around. Mm-hmm. So. This is, these are the lessons I'm learning. And I think uh, that that's why I'm excited to have this conversation because it takes a lot, a lot of bumps in the road for, you to, for us to finally realize that a lot of the sources of our pains are actually within us. Uh, and we, uh, you know, it's like the incredible hog back in the day would always go around town to town and get, get beat up every, every time. And he was always presented as the hero. But this, this comedian was like, well, if you keep going town to town, you keep getting beat up all the time. Buddy, maybe you're the problem. So in that way, it's very easy to point fingers at, at other people when they hurt us. But maybe we are actually uh, the, the source of it. And that doesn't mean that it's okay to, for other people to hurt us. But a lot of times, the, the, the person that hurts us the most is ourselves. And so that's where I'm at. And uh, you know, I'm looking forward to this conversation because I think a lot of people eventually get to that point of realization. And hopefully by hearing this conversation, other people can actually kind of have a moment of self-reflection and realize that, you know, the, the, the source of our greatest pain is within ourselves and only by healing and, and addressing the shadows can we actually liberate ourselves so that people don't hurt us anymore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you, you, you know, you touched it right there. Um, a lot comes from our childhood. And 
I I always uh, say this and laugh about it, but I, you know, I feel like most people, uh, you know, are in grown up bodies, but their children, yeah. where, you know, majority of us around are children um, because of those, what you mentioned, you know, the trauma, the pain, um, the wounds that we, we have brought in to our lives. Uh, ourselves or from parents, from family, from teachers, the external world. Yeah. And um, these, you know, these children haven't had the chance to heal, right? They haven't had the opportunity to heal. And we carry that into our adult life. And most people, you know, even our parents, even our parents, they didn't do this work. They're still in their inner child. They're yeah. still in their trauma. Yeah. So where is the adult in all of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's our responsibility as we grow older, as we become more aware of ourselves, yes. to, to call in that adult within us and um, reparent ourselves. Yeah. You know, yeah. reparent uh, the mother as a father. As a guide, we need to mentor and um, reparent ourselves without, you know, without blaming, without blaming our mother or our father or, you know, whoever raised us, whoever our teachers and our mentors were. Right. As uh, when you do this work, you start to see that you're no different. <laughs> and they're yeah. different. Um, they were all in their process. They were all in their trauma. And yeah. uh, most of the time, they were doing the best that they could. Right. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, there are. Um, parents who shouldn't be parents, and um, you know that's not what I'm referring to. Um, right, right. To parents who were, you know, were doing the best that they could, but also have their own uh, journey, their own woundings that um, they haven't fully healed. So shadow work, um, to me, I define it as, you know, that part of ourselves that we push back. Because a we think we're too good for it, mm. uh, or it you know we won't be accepted socially uh, with that type of behavior, and that could be un- anger, frustration, uh, assertiveness for men. From what I see, right. men need to, to find a way to face these things, mm. um, and when they do repress them they show up right they show up in their lives um and it's it's traumatic it's you know some some men can't handle it anymore that they even commit you know commit suicide and this isn't something light and uh i'm glad that we you know are, are having this conversation because uh men do need to talk about their shadows first they need to even understand what their shadows are um, and do this work. They need. Mm-hmm. They need to find, uh, you know, a way. And therapy is one way, um, but also men need each other's support. Yeah. Yeah. We see that. We see that happening um, around where men are gathering and uh, having these conversations. I know women are right. Women are. Uh, open and having these conversations and they're okay expressing themselves but mm-hmm. uh, 
I don't see much of that happening for men and it needs to. Uh, uh, that's kind of so hard, right? Because there's two things that we're battling as men, right? There's the societal pressure, right? Uh, because even if we try to open up, there's a level of, um, of shame, the uh, shaming that comes along with that, of ridicule. And, and so, we, you know, we're very afraid of that judgment. Um, there's, there's a lot of implicit biases uh, when it comes to uh, the men that, 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 that might be uh, going through stuff. You know, uh, if, if a man kind of opens up to his, uh, his network and says, hey, these, these things, and by the way, this is not across the board. You know, I think uh, it's becoming more and more acceptable for, for men to actually say, hey, these, these, are, these are the things I'm, I'm kind of uh, struggling with. Um, but over across the board, though, uh, you know, it's almost socially acceptable for a woman to uh, to open up and talk about their emotions and and have a, a support system within that beautiful thing. I wish more men would do that uh, because um, the, one of the things I learned in 2008, for example, uh, I've, I've had uh, a couple of bouts of depression in my life. Um, the worst thing you could do in life when you get depressed is to withdraw. The worst, uh, because you know, there's when you kind of uh, go on your own, and then the thoughts, the rumination, the ne- the constant negative talk. If those things are not being, uh, uh, you know, uh, outwardly manifested or, or, you know, kind of exercised out of your mind, then those thoughts be you become captive to those things, uh, and that what you think you become. Uh, but yet, the minute that you actually there's something healing about talking, not you know, to other people. Because a the way as you talk, you you realize that feelings are are transient. Transient. They're not. You know what? What I'm feeling today is not who I am. You know, uh, it's just what I'm feeling. If I feel tired, that doesn't mean I'm tired all the time. Uh, if I feel, uh, you know, uh, uh, happy, that doesn't mean I'm happy all the time, right? So the, you, we are not our feelings. But in the, in the moment where you feel overwhelmed and or depressed or anxious, if you're by yourself. You're, you're basically, you, you, you become captive to whatever your thoughts are. And then it gets worse and worse and worse. But when you actually talk to people, you, you take that um, uh, energy out of your, out of your uh, mindset. And, and just, you know, uh, w- when you talk about it, uh, the issue that seems so big actually starts to kind of uh, to, 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 to diminish. Mm-hmm. Another part of it is when you talk to people, you realize you're not, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, the the worst part of, of of having depression is this idea that you're alone in the world, you're by yourself. But when you when you uh, talk to other people, and in that way, when you talk and share, and you, you get the sense that you're also helping them, uh, helping other people, it, it takes the ego off the table. There was I remember one time I was talking to uh, you know I, I went to a therapist once. And uh, I was talking to her and I said, yeah, I feel, you know, I feel depressed. And I, and I was going on and on and on. And she said, um, uh, she said something about uh, ego. And I said, ego, what ego do I have? I feel like I don't even want to do anything. What, what, what ego is there? Because in my mind, I'm thinking ego means like some type of overconfidence in yourself. And, and, you know, this feeling like you could just take on anything. Well, really, when you feel depressed, you, don't, you feel worthless. And she was like, that's ego too. You know, when it's raining and you're like, oh my God, this has happening to me yet again. That's almost like you take things that are not 
personally make them about you. And it's, it's almost like the inversion of ego, but still ego nonetheless. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having this type of, of community around you, community is the most fundamental aspect of humanity. If we're out on our own, we suffer. You know, it's been documented uh, psych- you know, psychological uh, studies. People that are kept in isolation break psychologically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's imperative, especially when you feel uh, down or depressed, don't tackle this on your own. Seek people out. <laughs> you know, uh, to you, I, for me, uh, you know, I've been kind of the past couple of, let's just say that the past couple of months have been quite a, a journey for me. I just put it that way. Because um, I was driving Uber at one point. I would come into, well, they would come and we start talking. Next the second, I'm like, how's your day? They will tell me their day. And I'm like, man, let me tell you about my day. And the next thing you know, we're having and a 30-minute ride. We both talked about the issues that we're going through. And then there's encouragement. So even with strangers, it doesn't have to just be with friends. Sometimes the best way to, to, to kind of uh, feel like you're not alone and to get stuff out of your head so that is, you not have a captain to do it. Let's just talk with just any, even random strangers, you know? Go, go into a barber shop, man. Some of the best conversations and advice are barbers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's these, these are the things as men, a lot of times we, we miss out on because we're conditioned to kind of, uh, to, you know, manly to take care of you. Don't open up too much. Uh, keep things to yourself. But man, those, man, I would never, like when I, with my son, I would never t- tell him, hey, toughen up, you know? Uh, toughen up is, it, it, toughen up and, being quiet are not the same thing. <laughs> you know, some, sometimes the, 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 the toughest thing you could do is to actually say, I'm, I'm, I'm going through a lot of you know, to open up. And it's toughness. Uh, it's not to, to suppress and just be on your own. So just, you know, the, those thoughts kind of just came across. I want to say, yeah. It's a bit. yeah, absolutely. You know, and when you talk to people, that's, you get to know yourself too. You open up. When you, the more you open up to people, the more you discover yourself. And, yeah. Or you you realize, you know, those aha moments come to you and you probably didn't even realize that, you know, you, whatever happened to you was abuse. Right. right. Conversation that you get to know who you yeah. are. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I, I want to bring up is um, spiritual bypassing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when uh, people go through challenging stuff or depression, um, or they're just unhappy with how their lives are, mm-hmm. um, you know, they say, "Oh, um, um, I believe in God, and God would fix it." You know, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go to church, I'll pray, and uh, God will take care of that. And as much, um, you know truth there is in that you know we're we're supported and uh heard by god um god also wants to take us to take responsibility for our right yeah yeah right uh we have all the tools we've been given all what we need discernment right wisdom um Mm. and we need to use that otherwise we're just like children again right right complaining and uh, being a victim and, um, or, you know, just lashing out mm-hmm. and creating more trauma, creating more damage in our families and friends and uh, our relationships. Um, so 
I really want to touch on, yes, it's good to be, you know, spiritual or right. uh, practice your religion, your spirituality, uh, by all means, uh, absolutely necessary. Yes. But do not allow that to be the only thing, right? Do not allow that to be your easy way out. And you know, there's yeah. a part, just something just came to mind. There's a part in the Bible that says faith without works is dead, you know? Um, so faith, yes, yeah, good to have faith, but you have to do the work too. Uh, it's a two-way street. My dad told me a story of, uh, uh, it's one of the most, uh, for me, one of the things I really cherish about, uh, one of the advice he gave me. It was almost, it was a, a saying, you probably heard this uh, before. It's about this lady that was stuck in a house and the flood, uh, flood started coming and she was on the first level. A boat came for her. She said, no, no, I'm good. God will save me. Then the water rises. She goes to the second level. Another boat comes. She waves off the boat. She says, no, no, I got this. And God has me. I have faith. He's going to save me. Then now she's on the rooftop and another boat comes. And she waves him off again. She says, no, I got this. God's going to save me. I have faith in my an awesome God. She drowns and she goes to heaven. And she sees God and she goes, I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't save me. I've had faith in you my whole life. And yet you let me drown. He was like, I sent you three boats, you know? And in that way, you know, when in life, there's many boats that come for us. But if we don't do the active work and actually get on the boat and just sit there and say, God will save us, that's not how it works. You know, there, there's, there's, a, there's a part that God plays our force, but faith also entails that we do the work uh, to, 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 to save ourselves. And it's not just sitting on our hands and waiting for a day of redemption. We have to work towards it. Absolutely. Oh my goodness, I love that story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, bring the adults, bring your inner adult and um, see things the way they are, right? Don't, don't hide things. And again, like, you know, with shadow work, um, what you're doing is really digging the the stuff you know the stuff that you don't like the you know the things that you think um you're too good for and um they could stay there right they could stay there you can it's like you you put them in the closet you close the closet and you can move uh, away but that's not how life works right uh you will they will come up in your relationships those are triggers right we call those triggers uh when you start a relationship you know your partner will start pushing your buttons or your children will or somebody at work will or your parents will and uh you know these are things that they can say it's it's a word probably that will uh you know all of a sudden you hear that word and then you're frustrated and you're angry and uh you lash out on somebody right uh, or you see someone being abused and all of a sudden now you're this angry person and you know you're doing things that you normally wouldn't do if mm. if you know how to handle yourself when that trigger arises right right so part of knowing who we are part of knowing the self and why this work is important is when when we're triggered we we know how to stay calm or we yeah. know what to do with ourselves mm-hmm. you know i just uh, everything when, whenever you talk it's just that uh, uh, it's almost like uh 
you provoke a, a thought within me, right? So the word trigger, right? We don't know. We, could, we say it a lot, but we don't really reflect on it. The reason that there's a trigger is because there was a bullet that hit us a long time ago, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that bullet is a pain, whatever painful experience. But what what th- that did at that exact moment is that it created a flight of flight a flight of fights scenario within us, right? It's it's a crisis response. Uh, but what happens over time is that you normalize the abnormal. So that response. That 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 coping mechanism becomes part of your uh, uh, of your ethos or part of your personality, you, and you don't even know it, right? And then over time, you spend uh, repeating what is actually an abnormality, and, and you think it's normal, right? And so let me not talk about these in theories. I, I, I'll tell you a perfect example for me. You know, with, without going into a lot of details, well, I mean, I guess that I will. So as a child, I was the third of, of four siblings. Uh, my, you know, my mom struggled with, with depression a lot in, in her life. And so what that taught me is to be, there's two things that I I, 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 I used to do with, with it, within the context of my mom. I would uh, be a, care, a care, caregiver in a way. I would always make sure that she's happy. I saw her happiness as my primary responsibility. So that meant uh, being, uh, with, you know, doing anything that I can to make sure that she was taken care of, uh, including, most importantly, uh, being like a jokester. I, a lot of the reasons I'm able to like make, uh, make people laugh these days is because it traces back to my childhood. And th- this is what I knew for, uh, to, to make sure that she was safe. Um, and so that informed within me uh, that this is what uh, love uh, entails. Me giving uh, and me uh, making sure that I make people smile. That that so that that is what I know love to be. Uh, and then on the flip side of that, because my dad worked all the time, my dad's absence. What I and th- this is something that I'm just not exploring for, uh, uh, because of just a recent development. I not really. I never knew how much my dad's absence really uh, had a profound impact on me. Um, you know, he. I saw him as a hero uh, growing up. I used to always say, if I'm half the father my father is, I'll be successful in life. You know, but by by uh, lionizing him, by making him into a mythical figure, it was also, that's also a form of coping. Uh, because I forgot about the deep separation anxiety I used to have when my dad used to, uh, even in Ethiopia, he would fly out to another country and come back, you know, a couple of days or a week later. And I remember sitting at the gate waiting for my dad, waiting for my dad, you know, and this idea that he might not come back. What if the airplane, something happens to him? Like it was a fear, deep fear of abandonment uh, that he would never come back. And when he came back, it's the relief that I felt, you know? So in between these two paradigms of, of making sure that I had to take care of my mom no matter what, because she, something bad might happen to her. So caretaker. And then this idea that my dad might not come back. It, it informed in me two things: that love means how much I give to people, not not necessarily how much I you know, what I received. That almost became a foreign language for me. <laughs> uh, it's all about give as, as much as possible because that's what love. That's how you receive love. It's by giving love or giving, uh, taking care of other people. So, in my life, I've always attracted a woman that um, had um, you know some type of. I don't want, look. I don't want to say it that way. Um, 
I, I, I always draw, found myself drawn to uh, women that were hurting, to, to, to be, uh, quote unquote, to save them or to be there for them. Um, and there's women that I've dated in the past that didn't have these uh, complexes. I, I was not even attracted. What I've realized now is I know where a guy that goes back to overgiving him and overtakers. We end up in God's uh, uh, wisdom in this way. You know how they say uh, uh, opposites attract? Well, people that overgive almost always attract people that overtake. It's, always, it's almost universal to almost a universal of relationships. And there's always going to be one person that's a giver, the other one that's a taker. And like I said, the, the one that gives too much is not, it's not a virtue. Uh, but it, eventually, after enough broken relationships, after enough broken hearts, the, peop- the person that overgives realizes, wait a minute. Well, I don't know if you, if you learn. Because some, some people want, never learned this lesson, unfortunately. Uh, and then they, they repeat like a broken record, the same uh, thing. And then all, always to say, I can't live out that, that somebody hurt me without having the moment of self-accountability. Well, the moment of self-accountability teaches you and uh, that, that the pain is actually, the, the source of it is within yourself. Because when you overgive, uh, you will attract people that uh, uh, overtake. But beyond that, people will treat you how you treat yourself. So if you don't love yourself, which when you overgive uh, and expecting love in return, it's a form of not believing that you're worthy of, of being loved. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes very transparent. And people, you condition people to work quickly. So they will take you for granted. They, 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 uh, they, they will not uh, be there for you as much as you're there for them. But who's the source of this, right? I'm not uh, blaming the victim here or blaming, but it's just about understanding that in a lot of ways we end up drawing the very things that were deficient in from other people. And they, we, the others will, it's not even a, abuse to abuse you. It's because they, they're kind of following your lead. If you're abusing yourself, don't, don't be surprised when people abuse you too, you know? People treat you the way you right. treat yourself, right? Right. Uh, and people will love you to the extent that you love yourself. Mm. Um, that's what I have learned. And, um, you know, exactly to your point, it's we are people who just give and give and give and give. Um, they don't, they don't give us anything, right? Because, um, that's, that's not what we show them. That's not how we treat ourselves. Right. So, uh, and the moment that you do, the moment that you ask for, you know, for love back or for something back, then they get confused. They're right. like, who are you? This is not the person I am. <laughs> right. Oh, that is so, tr- man, you just hit, a, hit the nail on the head just now. <laughs> right? They will actually complain like, this is not the person that I knew. This is not the person that I married, or this is not the person that I fell in love with. Because you had the audacity to say, wait a minute, there's an imbalance here. How come you, you, you know, like how you find what happens all the time is this. Eventually the resentment builds in. People that overgive, they eventually realize they're overgiving, right? Because it's initially it's normal, but then you realize, wait a minute, why is it that, you know, when X happens, uh, you know, the, there's always this, uh, I'm always there for that person, but then the, the same thing, there's no reciprocity. 
And then you start putting out a boundary. It's too late. That boundary needs to be set initially. You need to be uh, uh, be able to express uh, what is acceptable, what's not acceptable from the outset. If you do it a year later, two years later, three years later, it's it's too late by that point. The cow is a, has gone out of the barn, you know? Mm-hmm. So one of the biggest challenges for people that uh, tend to overgive, like let me not even say overgive, that tend to neglect themselves. That's mm-hmm. what it is. It's a form of self-neglect. Uh, in order to appease others, is to actually say, learn how to say no. No. Uh, from the very outset, I, for me, I have a big problem saying no to people. I, I feel guilty. <laughs> you know? Uh, I, I feel as though I'm going to disappoint people. Uh, so even for me to say no, I had to like, well, I would like to, but I have come up with all kinds of, of reasons why I can't. Other people have no problem just saying no. For me, it used to be shocking. When you find yourself in a very unbalanced relationship, uh, the other person will just say no, not even twice about it, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But um, you'll find yourself having to, to you know, dance on a pin in order to actually rationalize why you don't want to. And eventually, that di- type of dynamic it becomes part of the, the normal relationship until you find yourself one day saying, wait a minute. You know, and in a, in a, the, a lot of the frustrations that people feel is actually self-frustration because you're not standing up for yourself and you're expecting other people to stand up for you. So it starts within the shadow. It starts within the shadow. That, that's the shadow we need to address. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, unless the, you know, the person you're with is also doing this work and they're also right. uh, That's right. the only time where, you know, where your change, your transformation will not right. stick right? Um, if, they, if they're growing with you, then maybe it is possible to to sit down and have a conversation or therapy or whatever right, to, right. to help you both come to the same wavelength, right? To to help each other heal, to heal yourself. Um, but yes, I mean, if, if you're the only one doing the work, um, it could be challenging. Yeah. Uh, but also to remember that, again, like you just said, it's you, right? It's you. It's you who got yourself into that relationship. It's you who, who needs to do the work. Um, and right. yeah, that's, that's how you, you move on. Um, but these, you know, these shadows, um, we really need to look at them. And I think outside of Therapy, you know, therapy is accessible to most people, but there's so many things that men can do to um, to release to to release these traumas, these shadows, and to embody them. Um, and you know, having a men's retreat, like doing things with with your male friends, um, having you know. I don't know what men do, you know, like exercising and uh, doing martial arts, whatever, to get that uh, release is, is extremely important. And, um, you know, I would invite many people, who, you know, people who are listening uh, to, to, to ask yourself, what are you doing, right? What are you doing to help you um, release this pain, this trauma? And, right. uh, it, you know, we're not talking about 
um, major trauma. Some people might be like, oh, I don't have any trauma in my life. I'm fine. I grew up fine. Uh, yeah, but they're mistaken though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seriously like that. I brought up the, the, the issue about like, you know, someone who whose trauma is, you know, bought, lost both their parents when they were kids. That is, that's traumatic, right? Or had a violation of some sort, right? Yeah. Uh, then, then another child could say, well, again, uh, my daddy didn't get me a Mercedes when I was 16, right? But to that person, if everyone else in his neighborhood got a Mercedes, he didn't get one. We could, we could look at that and laugh and say, what? You want to try to say that's trauma? But to that person, right? The, the feeling of, of betrayal that he might feel or she might feel, uh, the, the feeling of, of, of feeling left out because everyone else is doing it and now you're the only one that didn't, is relative. It's relative to what you know, you know? Pain is relative to what you know. You can never... This idea that walk uh, walk a mile in another person's shoes—you can't walk a mile in another, uh, another person. You only walk, walk in your shoes. You know, you can you can be empathetic, but you can't sit up here and say, "Oh, my pain doesn't matter because oh, this other person has had it worse." That's not how it works. You have to acknowledge. And so, and a lot of times when you, people say, "Oh, uh, I've had a good life," uh, what do I have to complain about? It's a form of denial. It is. It's a form of denial. You know, everyone is carrying these baggages. Uh, nobody escapes life <laughs> unscathed. It is the greatest equalizer is pain in that way. So people that actually are saying, rationalizing in a way, it's just a form of coping. It's a form of, of denying uh, uh, that something happened. You know, And it's not to, to turn yourself into a victim. It's just acknowledging what's mm-hmm. been haunting you or what, what's in the background with the, 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 the thing that makes you kind of, uh, kind of repeat uh, mistake after mistake. If you find yourself saying, why do these things happen to me? You know, mm-hmm. trace it back. It didn't start yesterday. It didn't start with the last relationship. It started a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there's always hum, human beings where we, we can become very uh, uh, like rhythmic in, in, our, uh, in our lifestyle. We do things without even knowing it subconsciously. And then what makes it hard, by the way, is that these things are subconscious. We don't even I, I, we don't even know why we do the things that we do sometimes. We just do, you know. Let me give you a perfect example. Um, when I was when my father was diagnosed with cancer in two thousand and one, um, and so it was stage four, and we we, we kind of at some point we realized, you know, he's not going to make it. Um, so it was around Christmas time, uh, Christmas Eve, I think it was, uh, and my phone started ringing just incessantly. And I was staying in Alexandria. My parents were staying in Woodbridge. I knew something bad was, about, was, was taking place. Instinctively, without even realizing it, I, I literally got underneath the bed mm-hmm. to hide from the phone. You know? Yeah. And I was always like, what? What was I doing? The phone kept ringing. I didn't turn the phone off. I just was trying to hide from it, you know? Well, I remember when I was a kid, I used to hide underneath the bed when I felt like something bad was going to happen, you know? So in the moment of, 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 of feel, feeling unsafe, we revert to the very same things that we 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 experienced when we were kids. You know, uh, it's almost baked into our uh, into our uh, uh, psyche. You know, and the same thing with people that lash out. Uh, you know, at, at at other people, or even like pathological liars, they do that because they were trying to protect themselves a long time ago. And this became a part, of, they, they have no idea that they're actually lying. 
they they literally trying to protect themselves. They feel danger. And so when you realize these things, you know, part of healing in a way too is to to give grace to yourself and to other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, that's part of the, the the healing journey because you know, I'm not I I'm not a Buddha, you know, I'm not a, a Buddha from uh, Tibet. I, I'm not having recent enlightenment. The healing journey has many, it's, a, it's like a, a, the stock market, ups and down, ups and down. Sometimes you think, okay, I finally, I think I, I figured it out. Boom, next second you're flat on your face again, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's throughout that whole process, you really have to give grace to yourself, be patient with yourself, and, and try eventually. You know, first, the first task is to give grace to yourself. Uh, and then as people like might be hurting you to give grace to them too, not realizing that they're kind of, the, their inner child is compelling them to do what they're, they're doing to you as well. But the beauty of he- being like healing, at least not, not being healed because that's, there's always healing. It's a lifelong journey. Is that when you actually start healing, you, you will not put yourself in a position to be neglected, to be abused because you will have boundaries that will say unacceptable goodbye if you have to, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas if you don't even know these things, you will literally sit there and take abuse for years, even decades. But like that gaslighting is a real thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you could be conditioned and convinced to believe that you are the bad person, you know? But once you start to actually heal and to know what uh, compels you to do various things, then at that point it becomes easier to 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 say no to people, uh, to to put yourself. I don't want to say put yourself first, but put yourself on equal status with the uh, uh, with the per- person that you love or that you you are in a relationship with. If not, if you find yourself, uh, you know, questioning if this person loves you, uh, questioning whether or not this person. Well, that's because in a lot of ways you kind of put yourself in a place where there's an imbalance and that other person is not going to fix it for you. You have to fix it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely true. Yes. Um, and I like to say, you know, um, listen to the questions you're asking. And if, the, if it's the same question, right. ask over and over again, right? If, are you asking the same question you asked last year? That's mm-hmm. what I, to ask the women I work with, um, if, you're, if you can keep doing that, that means you're not doing the work, right. right? You're not really seeing yourself. You're not really opening up that box that you have hidden under the bed and um, actually do the work. Um, it's it's a weight, right? It's a weight right. that you carry. Um, and we need to let, let it go, right? People just are concerned about their physical weight. That's just <laughs> one thing, but... <laughs> What about the emotional weight? You know, what about um, the spiritual weight? You know, people put on weight because of the the spiritual and the mental weight uh-huh. that they, you know, the, the body is a manifestation of what you feel on the inside. When you overeat, when you overdrink, these things are because there's there's a heaviness within you that's just be, being manifested outward, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're not moving. You're not moving. Yeah. You're carrying all this. Um, I tell, I tell, people to imagine themselves trying to you know let's say you know you know you mentioned it to reach enlightenment whatever you know that means to people uh you know to to get to that highest point they can imagine for themselves and they're climbing up that mountain uh, but they have 
this backpack full of stuff or stuff that's scary from childhood or even from adult lives. Um, and this could be, you know, people that you haven't forgived, uh, stuff that you haven't forgiven yourself for, um, you know, that, that abuse that you haven't shared with anybody, um, that anger you have on your mother or your father, right. Or your ex-husband or your ex-wife, whoever, um, you need to cleanse yourself from that. You need to let go and release that backpack for you to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, you know, one of the, one of the, the, what is really needed in life is self-awareness, right? Uh, and what, what happens a lot of times when you've uh, been harmed or injured or uh, it's, it's kind of like, you know, uh, when you break your leg, Right, it's very hard to say how do I break. You just know you focus on the pain, so the pain in a way can kind of uh, uh, distract you from doing the kind of a uh, root cause analysis. Like, okay, what's going on here? This is not to say, by the way, to blame the victim. You know, um, just because you are uh, neglecting yourself does not give anyone the right to neglect you and abuse you. You know, so the, the one of the things that really upset me, for example, is something bad happens and you share with someone uh, and you're kind of opening up and you're telling them about what was going on. And then they turn around and they say, yeah, but what's your role in this? That, there's a, a time for that. But in that moment of being hurt, you know, nobody needs to be reminded that, you know, the, 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 it's just, it's a, tr- it's, it's uh, I want to trigger for me, uh, you know, to, you need to f- surround yourself with, with a people that listen to you that acknowledge you and then give advice. It's like there's people that just go immediately to, oh, you know, uh, uh, what what the cause before they even listen to you. You know what I'm saying? So uh, be careful about those people. Just surround yourself with, because like accountability is necessary. It is. You need to, need to ask yourself the hard questions. Like, how did I get here? What what did, what part did I play? Right. But moments things happen to you. You don't need those people. You don't need contrarians in your life. <laughs> you surround yourself with people that will ask to listen to you, encourage you, uh, let you vent, and then ultimately also be able to, to uh, have, you know, give a, a week, you know, call it like accountability buddy, right? To be able to hold you accountable too. But people that just go automatically to accountability without actually listening to you, uh, and that, 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 that's not really about you. It's about them. And so just, right. as you're better to just, Really make your circle small, you know, sometimes. And uh, you don't need to tell everyone yeah, uh, what you go through. Just find the ones that are actually going to uh, uh, be a positive force. But all that being said, though, there is uh, accountability time that we need. Self-awareness. What is it that I'm doing that that's getting me here, you know? Um, so for me, I'm going through that right now. I'm, I'm, and, and, and life, you know, I shared, talking about this openly. In 2015, uh, you know, I went from working at Booz Hamilton to two years of homeless. Uh, and the only reason that I'm not homeless to this day is because I actually started, gratitude was essential. But I also started looking at my life saying, okay, what what is it that I'm doing? Oh, okay. So I keep trying to, you know, save everyone. I keep trying to give to everyone. And yet 
I'm, I'm, I'm taking away from myself. I blew all this money out of the people. When the time came, nobody was there for me. What is it that caused this? Oh, I get it. Right? So I learned a lesson up to a point, but not really. Because sometimes you learn a lesson, but you only learn a, a smidgen, <laughs> not the whole enchilada. <laughs> you know, uh, there's a, a very famous uh, uh, a quote from this guy named Eschlis. And he says, he, he who learns must suffer. And even in our sleep, pain, which cannot forget, falls drop by drop upon the heart until in our own despair and against our will comes wisdom through the awful grace of God. So in this way, you know, wisdom comes increments. You learn a little bit, but you don't learn the whole lesson. So and it, what, what I went through in 2015 of two years homelessness was a walk in the park <laughs> compared to uh, what I'm kind of witnessing now. But the, 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 the grace of God in all this is that I'm finally learning that, you know, nobody, nobody will, will, will be there for you if you're not willing to be there for yourself. Nobody will truly love you unless you love yourself. And you will attract the complete opposite. And in and, and that way, that's kind of God's work in your life. Because these people that come into your life, that hurts you. It's a way of saying, okay, enough. Of, because you really, you're the one that keeps opening the door for this. And so that's part of the, the whole self-awareness. To say, what is it that is causing me to accept uh, abuse? And, and you don't even realize it. What, there's, I, I was watching uh, Fox News Local uh, the other day, and she was talking about like uh, narcissists and, and gaslighting. And she was saying, well, you know, it's harder to leave uh, a bad relationship than there's a good relationship, right? It was so profound when she said that. Because when, you, when you're in an abusive relationship, she said abusive relationship, when you're in an abusive relationship, especially if you're a person that is used to giving in order to get love, that, that engenders uh, or creates codependency. So you're actually thinking the more abuse you get, well, I must be doing something wrong. Let me just do more. If I only give more, if I only do more, you know? And you find yourself in this cycle. And the more you give, the more neglect, the more you love, the more abuse. Until you finally say, whoa. And it, for some people, they never break out of that, that, that cycle. But again, that's the, the grace of God because it's going to keep getting worse. There's a saying about, about my, my now, there's, I don't know how to say it myself, like, mokoro, mokoro, kasama, life of mokoro, something like that, right? Basically, it's give advice, give advice. If you don't listen, Life will teach you something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so a life will teach us eventually. That is it. And you will eventually, maybe some, some people never learn, you know? And, and, and for men, this, this is especially dangerous because we, um, if we don't, um, express these things. You know, one of the things I, you know, my two years of homelessness, what it really taught me is how there's a lot of things. One of the lessons is that when, when in life, the worst thing you could do in life is to become bitter. Mm -hmm. The worst thing, the worst thing, because I spent a year and a half being homeless uh, longer than I needed to because I was bitter. I wanted to be vindicated. You know, how dare they not uh, uh, appreciate all these things is that ego takes over, you know? So bitterness literally would turn your life into a desert. 
Uh, and it's only gratitude and gratefulness that actually uh, was a lifted me out of that. Um, so yeah, you, I saw like the the sheer number of, of homeless people. How many of them were men? It's just crazy, right? Uh, and then this is because we tend to just withdraw, we isolate. Man, these things can be dangerous. So if, like for me, like right now, I've, I've finally narrowed my circle <laughs> to a very few. But I talk to my, for example, I talk to, I think you know, you know my sister, Maria. I talk to her daily, <laughs> daily. Uh, and so, you know, the, 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 there's not this feeling of, of, of isolation. And so when that happens, and then of course I talk to, to even like, I told you, there's, there's two la- layers of circle. There's the inner circle and the outer circle. The outer circle, you know, to, to just open up and talk to anyone. I, 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 I've always been like, a, I used to say I'm like the human Twitter. <laughs> I, I could connect with a lot of people very easily. But there's a, 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 an inner, a more in-depth conversation they need to have. So whether it's one person that you trust or a couple, not too many, mm-hmm. open up and talk because that will save you from yourself. That negative talk that that uh, rumination of of you know it must be me and and feeling self uh, worthlessness, man, that could lead you. I mean, there's a reason why men, uh, uh, you know, commit suicide three times the level that women do. You know, mm-hmm. um, and then the same thing. What, what I'm saying about men, by the way, same is true for women too, because women, you know, just because you have the 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 the, the, the most women have communities around them. Even that's not enough. There's a lot of women these days that are committing suicide that that are deeply depressed. And so what's true for men is true for women. And this, this is a, a human, a human endeavor, a human uh a, a, you know, struggle that we all go through. And so, you know, uh, uh it, although I'm I'm talking about this from a first hand perspective as a man, you know, uh, if you're listening and, and and you're a woman, obviously that I think a lot of the, the things that I'm saying are, are also apply to women as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, and um, you know we're not we're not just you know people might say, and I know some people, oh I don't I don't want to revisit my my pain I don't want to talk about it, right. then that you know that um, will bring up those feelings. Right, I'll head back into depression or I'll feel bad about myself. Um, that might happen absolutely that that that's part of the process but um there's also a, a quote that i love um from rumi it says you know the wound is where the light enters if you don't mm-hmm. the wound you're just sitting in darkness and yeah. um that darkness is going to keep growing and growing whether you like it or not and it's going to uh you know seep into areas of your life and you won't experience the peace and the joy that you deserve right and that that's really what we're all looking for Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're all looking for peace and love in our lives um but we must be willing to to also acknowledge and um our our wounds are not necessarily bad, you know. They might have caused us pain, um, and we might not agree with them, but they're also opportunities, right? Mm. Every shadow, if you really look at every shadow, it's uh, 
it's a potential for growth. Really, it's it's elevating, right? There's so much for you to learn. Um, that's what we've been talking about. So much to learn about yourself, about where you come from, how you're living your life, why your life looks the way that it does. Mm. And it also comes with the tools. It also yeah. comes with the, that's the beauty about it. You know, it's, um, it shows you exactly what you need to heal. Um, and the tools are everywhere, right? Uh, exactly like you said, create your circle, right? Create your best buddies who you have these intimate conversations with. And mm-hmm. um, it doesn't necessarily have to be your partner. A lot of people think it has to be this one person that you know you share everything with. And uh, sometimes that might be true, but that is not always the case. Uh, especially, mm-hmm. especially you know, I work a lot with women, and we're very we have all different sides of us, right? And we we have different friends that we can be who, you know, that version of us with, and that's absolutely okay. And um, I, I'm sure it's the same with men, right? Yeah. You need, you need your work buddies, your work friends, and also a friend who you share intimate details about your life with. Right. Yeah. Um, so take a look, right? I think what, what we're trying to say here is take a look at your, your life, start reading yourself, right? Start literally uh, reading between the lines of your life and mm. explore your traumas, explore your pain. Don't just neglect them. Right. Don't put them aside um, and do the work, right? Mm. Do, do the work that nourishes your soul and allows right. you to grow um you know there's a difference when I, I don't think either one of us are advocating to wallow in misery right there's a difference between wallowing and actually acknowledging right um so to wallow to, to sit here and say oh my god this keeps happening to me i'm and probably you're not even in that in that way that's not even self-reflection it's just uh Turning yourself, you know, life victimizes all of us, but to see yourself as a victim is a whole nother perspective. You know, um, what you say after I am, you become. So when you say I am a victim or I, you know, I, I am unloved, whatever it is, you, you actually become. There's a reason why Xavier in the Bible said, when Moses said, who are you? He said, I am. Mm-hmm. Because I am is the source of who you are, you know? Uh, and so that, and that way we actually can become gods to our own, uh, in our, if not God, but gods of within with, to our own life, because we can manifest, uh, our, our reality by how we speak of ourselves and to ourselves. Um, so yeah, I'm not, there's no advocate, advocacy of, of wallowing. Uh, we, we are not our circumstances. We, who we are is dynamic. And, and profound it is it's not one incident does not make us who we are or even a, a, a repeat a repetition of those incidents there's a broader aspect to us than the the the, the traumas that might have happened to us you know that's just a part of us but uh for what what i'm uh saying is that we actually need to do the the work to say what how do i get how did i get here 
what is it that caused me to do these things? Because and unless you understand the root cause of things, you will never be here. You're, you're, you're walking in the dark with a blindfold on. Uh, and, and, in that, and then you're thinking that you're seeing when other people hit you. But really, you don't understand that the source of a lot of these things is, is the things that you've habituated yourself to, be, uh, to, to do. The, the coping mechanisms that got you here, you know? And, and again, these things are very, they, they happen on a very subconscious level. Unless you really dig deep and, and, and understand these things and, and take the moment to have honest conversations with yourself and to open up and tell other people, you will find yourself in a, in a pattern where it happens over and over. It happens at work. It happens in the relationship. It happens in a marriage. It happens at church. When you see these patterns, you really have to say, well, what is it that I'm doing that is inviting these things? And what is it that I'm doing to myself? that will give people the confidence to do it to me. Because at the, at the root of it, it's really we, 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 how we think about ourselves, how we treat ourselves as an open RSVP invitation for others to do the same thing to us. And so that's, for me, it's a, when, when, when I talk about self-awareness and self-reflection and doing the shadow work to, 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 to kind of understand the, the root cause of, of why things happen the way that they happen in our lives, then that's what I'm talking about. And when, when, before you actually have these moments of, of really open and honest conversation with yourself to start to understand yourself a little bit, not saying that you want to get uh, enlightenment and will be, you know, uh, so don't, don't be with anyone until you reach enlightenment. That nobody's going to, that's a constant journey of, of, of healing, but at least to have the self-awareness, don't even do it for the, the reach out to other people, uh, to, to be in a relationship. Because it's a form of escapism. You're trying to escape from yourself. You're trying to find from other people what you want to do for yourself. Uh, and in that process, too, even as you start the healing journey, again, you don't have to be with someone that has figured it all out or that has healed completely because that's not going to happen. But find someone that's self-aware and that's willing to say these things, to have the same type of conversations. These are the things that I'm working with that I'm working on. The, these things have not been good for me in my life. This is what I'm working If you were with someone that presents to be a, an expert about all things and never really talks about their own struggles, red, forget red banner. I mean, red flag, that's a red banner, you know? But, <laughs> and run is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but there's no need to even look on the outside because when you actually start doing the work within yourself, you won't find yourself in a position where uh, yeah, a neglecting or abusive relationship. So lessons learned. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's the goal. Right. And, um, I always like to say, uh, follow, follow the energy, right? Because energy never lies. And we all have that intuition. We all have that capability of, um, before we even speak a word or somebody says something, we can already, um, a set, right? How we feel around them. Um, there's so many, so many ways. So trust that. Where do you feel comfortable, right? Where do you feel accepted um, to to be yourself, to share, right? Who are the people that hold that space for you, who open up the doors and um, allow you in to to be and to share mm-hmm. uh, without you know, 
always voicing their opinion without always feeling that they need to give you an advice because sometimes what you need is to to share and mm. um that's what you need that's what you need but if you're while you're looking at yourself while while you're reading your life if you keep finding yourself um in situations that are numbing your pain mm-hmm. right because a lot of and with uh, women do this too but a lot of men also um find an escape and we touched on this on our last um last podcast but uh these are the things that are present in your life um then it's really you know it's, it's going to be worth your while mm-hmm. um to look at shadow work right first mm-hmm. first do the work um research i mean information is everywhere these days right mm-hmm. you, you can almost become an expert by um just spending some time on the internet right. and uh research shadow work what does that mean and how how can it change your life um, mm-hmm. that's really the goal so so yeah again something else just popped into my head we were saying that this shadow is not just your shadow it's a long shadow it's a shadow of your ancestors right. it's the shadow of traumas that your mom endured that your dad endured uh be, and there's the shadow that their their parents endured it's connected energy this this uh trauma is energy when your past is done somebody once told me about like they're talking within the spiritual realm about like satan has a uh, a stronghold on families in that way. And I, I get it, you know, that the, something that happened such a long time ago, unless it's resolved, unless it's, it's actually addressed, it passes like an, 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 the worst type of inherent, inheritance from generation to generation. Because the, 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 I'm, I'm, I know for a fact that the, the, the depression that my mom was going through is because she, as a child, uh, the, there were specific things that happened that happened to her that made her feel like she was unloved, you know. And so it passes. And sometimes it's a pendulum. Like uh, you, you something X happens to to you. You have a child. You try to overcompensate and you traumatize that child in reverse because anything that you do uh, and reaction is actually the same thing, you know. Um, so you felt like you were neglected. Now you overgive. What well, same thing? You you caught in the same bondage. So, in order to to truly start to heal, you have to understand not only within yourself, but to actually look back and say, "Okay, parent, what is it the con- uh, the context of my parents?" A lot of, I would say, ninety percent of the stuff that we go through in life, it, it goes back to the. And I'm not saying that there's any maliciousness involved, because you have to understand that parents are human beings. We we turn them into superheroes that we. And we, we want them to be perfect, but they're struggling too. They're struggling with their own pains, their own life experiences, their own baggages. And the, now that I'm, I'm a father myself, I see it. Uh, you had to, there's three lessons, three, three things that happen when you become a, father, uh, a parent. A, you had to teach your children, right? You, you, you try to sit there and, uh, you know, and instill in them things that, that would protect them, uh, that will, uh, lead them and serve, serve them or going forward. So you you have to teach. Then you have to unlearn, <laughs> right? Yeah. The things that you just assumed were the right things 
you're like, wait a minute. Like children actually give you a whole nother perspective. Like for me, I never thought that my dad, uh, working all the time, had any, I never really said, oh, is it, he, did this have a negative impact? Of course it had a negative impact. You normalize the abnormal. And so now, when I, when, when I'm got, looking at it from the role of a father, and, and, and I, I kind of see the, 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 you know, the various challenges of, of raising a child. Uh, and you know, there's things about a child crying, for example, that will remind you of your own uh, experiences in life. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, so now I have to unlearn. Uh, 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 actually, no, after this, four, actually. <laughs> so teach, learn, as in learn about yourself, and then to unlearn the habits, mm-hmm. and then learn the new habits. There's four layers of rebirth that you had to go through once you have a birth of a child in a lot of ways, you know, but maybe you don't have to go through all this, but that's exactly what, it, what children present us with. They're the greatest gift. They teach us infinitely more than we could ever teach them, you know? Um, so for the sake of yourself and for the sake of the child so that this generational uh, bondage could be broken it's that shadow work needs to be done or else you, you will pass on the shadow to you, to your children and their children and it continues. So we, we, uh, we must kind of, uh, you know, addressing our own wounds and tending to them as a way to kind of, in a way, prevent the, not prevent because life is traumatic no matter what. Uh, the, you could, you could grow up in a perfect environment and there's still going to be pains associated with, with a, ch- a child. And our job is not necessarily to, prevent them from having no uh, hardship. It's just to equip them so that, and, and give them the emotional, um, uh, you know, uh, availability and emotional wherewithal to go through the bad things and, 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 and to be resilient. And so, you know, that, that there's, that's a lot that you go through as a, as a parent because you had to learn actually how to parent yourself in the process. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I always say my children are my biggest teachers. They're, right. they're the catalyst to my uh, spiritual mm. journey, my spiritual growth. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely, 100%. And, you know, this also goes to relationships. I think what you mm-hmm. mentioned here is really to learn about yourself and to unlearn all those things. Um, that's what we do. That's what we do. And thank you so much. So much. This was so beautiful. Um, how how can people reach you if you want to share sure. uh, your contacts? Thank you so much. I really appreciate the conversation as well. Uh, it's like a, it's a free therapy. It's what, <laughs> it's what I love to do. And I'm so grateful that you're here for the second time. Um, right. So beautiful. Yeah. Your audience is going to be like, oh, what? There goes Ted. You know how uh, there was a show called Cheers when uh, this guy would walk in. They'd be like Norm. So they'd be like Teddy. There's Teddy. <laughs> no, I mean beautiful. So who knows? You might pop back. You know, no one else knows. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really appreciate it. I, I think it's a much needed conversation. But yeah, uh, well, as far as me, uh, uh, so I'm actually I'm running for con- I, I, the irony of it all. I'm actually running for Congress to sit up here talk about these these issues where. People never think politics mm-hmm. and healing go, go together, but, but they. For me, I'm doing it different because I'm not running to be a politician. To be honest, I'm just. The, I, I think our politics needs to change because it's it's not about us versus them. It's about the totality of humanity, 
And we, we had to uh, reach a, a point of, of understanding that the actions of one impacts all and vice versa. So to that end, I'm actually, I'm running uh, to represent the uh, Northern Virginia area, Alexandria and Arlington and uh, South Fairfax. So you can reach me at the website. It's uh, www.f, as in Frank, I-K-R-E, Fickray, number four, V-A, like Virginia, dot com. And you could also, like on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. I have one campaign uh, uh, account for across the board. It's Fickray. Again, uh, F as in Frank, I-K-R-E, number four, V-A, that you can find me on any, any of the social media platforms, including, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, no, I forgot. Snapchat. That's not Snapchat. Uh, TikTok. <laughs> I just had a brain food freeze for a second. You can find me on uh, TikTok there as well. Uh, but yeah, the main thing is just uh, look, look at the website, figure8number4va.com. Thank you, Ade. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and uh, we wish you all the best and grateful that you're here. Thank you. If this podcast, if this episode has made sense to you, if you like it, go ahead and share it, tag me on it, on Instagram, um, whatever that, you know, you feel called to, that will help. Leave me a review, that also helps. And I am so grateful for you. Love you, beautiful folks. Until next time, stay divine.